Father God, I love you, and I thank you for being in my life. I thank you for making decisions for me and leading me in the right paths towards victory. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for the people that you sent to listen to me preach your word that you've called me to do. You're an awesome God. Cause us to be a blessing to you. We always ask for you to bless us. But cause us to be a blessing to you as well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross and for rising back up again, getting victory over sin, hell, and death, showing the devil that you are all power, and everybody that believes in you will also have all power as well. We are not limited. You said that anything we ask for, we will get, and we appreciate that. We thank you for it. And, Father, for all those that do not know how to talk to you, all those that are shy, it's time for them to stop being shy and start learning how to please you because that's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's about pleasing you. It's about accepting Jesus Christ. Give them the strength that they need. Give us the words that we need. Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill their mouths with the words that they need to be successful in this life before it is their time to leave. All the sick and shut in, we pray healing over all of them. You said, by your stripes, we are healed and we are praying that healing over each and every one of us, our bodies, our minds, our soul, will, emotions, our hearts. To do the right thing at all times. To think about other people and not ourselves. We realize we're existing, but you are our God. We don't need anything else. So cause us to fulfill the commission of your heavenly kingdom. To go out into the world and tell everybody about Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. And Father, Holy Spirit, use me as I deliver this word and every other word after this one, for the rest of my life. It is an honor to serve you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The word that I'm going to have today will be coming out of Matthew chapter 17. In your Bibles, Matthew 17, and it's short, and I will be reading from um, 14 down to 21. And you might have heard people preach on this before. I feel that it needs to be preached on again. The Lord led me to this, so therefore that is what I'm going to expound on today. And you may have heard this before, so I will start reading. I hope you have your swords open right now. Matthew 17, verse 14, I'll start with. And it says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire, and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil 
and he departed out of him and when and the child was cured from that very hour then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said why could we not cast him out and Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed you shall say unto this mountain remove hence in yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible to you howbeit this kind goeth out not goeth out but by prayer and fasting amen and here we have we have a man who had a son who was possessed okay when I'm saying my words, I want you to let your mind go to those that you may know in the same situation or similar situations. Um, people, not just the son or the daughter. You know, they, just think of people who may, someone you know that might be suffering this as well. This man had a son that was possessed. And he took the son to the disciples to be cured. He said in verse 14, and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him saying, okay, Lord, have mercy on me for my son. Have mercy on my son for he's a lunatic and sore vexed for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. Notice it says they were all in the multitude. So this was a church gathering. Everywhere Jesus went was a church you had church in some type of way. And this is a excellent this is an excellent example for us. We are supposed to do the same thing. Do we do that though? Do we have church everywhere we go? Amen. Now don't get me wrong, Jesus had a good time too. He knew how to have nice times and enjoy his life because after all he did change the water into wine at the wedding of Cana and he was also Jewish at the time, so yes he was dancing the whore. Amen. There's a dance that they do at weddings, and and I'm sure Jesus was dancing the same dance at the weddings, having a good time. He didn't stand around talking about hither, thither, thuses, and thous. Amen. So here we go. We're having we're having um, he, he he's reverencing Jesus Christ. Okay, he's giving him honor and and speaking to him, and he said uh, the man kneeled down. Okay. He had sense enough and respect enough for Jesus Christ to kneel down before he even spoke a word. He honored him. Do we kneel down today and honor him? Do we kneel down, not necessarily physically. Okay, I'm talking about spiritually as well. Physically, yes. But I'm talking about physically, uh, spiritually as well. Do we honor him in our words, in our deeds, when we talk, before we pray, before we preach, before we sing, before we do anything that we do, before we feed people? Holidays, sitting around the table with your family with you, do we honor him and thank him for that food before we eat it? I, you know, People don't have to agree with me if they don't want to, but I believe a lot of people get sick because they don't even have sense enough to pray over their food and thank God for it before they lap it up in their mouths. You don't know who had their hands on that food, right? Amen? So do we bow down? Do we honor him and respect him before we open up our mouths and start just chattering, right? Jesus died for us on a cross. He went through a mess, 
for you and me. And, and, and we can at least honor him and let him know that he's important in our lives. Even when, when we walk up to our friends today, we say, hey, sis, how you doing? Or, oh, what's up, bro? You know, we honor one another. We, 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 we uh, what's it called? We, we, uh, we um, greet one another. You know, hey, how you doing, beautiful? Oh, I'm doing fine. You know, hey, how you doing with your handsome self? Hey, God bless you. How's your family? You know, before we start talking, do we do that to God? Or do we just take advantage of him and just start flapping our gums, Right. So this man says, I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Uh Uh-oh. This man trusted in the men that followed Jesus. They had titles. They were disciples, okay, or whatever, apostles or whatever they called them in that day. Okay, they watched him do miracles. How many people do we have in the world nowadays that watches miracles, hears about miracles, experiences miracles, and still they have no power. They receive, but they cannot give. How many of us are so powerless? How many people do you know are so powerless that if they gave back to others as much as God gave to them, it would be a beautiful world. God saved their children. He saved their households. He saved their sons and their daughters and their finances and their job. Saved them from being uh, killed in their sleep and saved them at night while they're sleeping so nobody would angel standing at the doors and windows so nobody could come in and harm them. How many? How many? It's something we have to think about. How many of us are quick to receive and slow to give, if that? These are disciples of Jesus Christ, and this man brought his son that needed miracles, and they could not help him. And we're about to see why. And Jesus answered and said, Okay, he's he's bringing up the powerless. Okay, this man is showing the powerlessness of Jesus' disciples. And can you imagine how people would uh, speak to Jesus today and say, "Hey, Jesus, you know your boy, your boys ain't doing so good. They're not doing what you said they can. They're supposed to be doing." Imagine accusatory. The devil's always accusing somebody. You know, people, he always using somebody to accuse. Nowadays, they wouldn't do, talk to him this way. They, they would probably accuse him and say, hey, you know, I thought, I thought your boys were supposed to help people. They can't, even, he can't, they can't even help my son. And so, 17, Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. That is really something, to call somebody faithless and perverse. Think of those two words, faithless and perverse. When you're perverse, you're perverted. You, you're you not doing things the proper way. You're not living the proper way. A pervert, I'm sure you heard people use that term, a pervert is a, per, a person that does, um, just, just does not do things properly in a proper order or, or, or is, is nasty in their ways or, or evil in their thinking. That is a pervert. They, they don't do the things that they should be doing. I hope you hear me. 
They a pervert is a person that does not do the things that they should be doing. And then he says, oh, faithless and perverse generation. They say they have no faith. They're low in faith. Okay. And they're powerless. They are failures. Okay. Low in faith, powerless, and failures. And I hate to say this. Excuse me if I'm stepping on anybody's toes or hurting somebody's feelings. I don't mean it. But we have a lot of churches today that are low in faith, failures, and powerless. Who else is the world supposed to go to for help? Who else? Good thing we have Jesus. Amen. Amen. He says, how long... Shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Okay, so Jesus is talking to them about their doubt. He's rebuking doubt. He's saying that things are not happening because you don't have the faith that you're claiming to have. You went to Bible school for three years, and some of you more than that, longer than that, and you can't heal somebody in a wheelchair? You can't even heal somebody of hay fever or headaches? Jesus. What is the problem? Faithless. A faithless and perverted generation. Doing everything their own way. Perverting God's word. God said do this and you do that. God says pick red and you choose blue. Just because. The opposite. What's that called? Oppositional defiance. Doing things differently just because you can. Doesn't make you right. And Jesus, it says Jesus rebuked the devil. Devils are being cast out. We are to be casting out devils. And some people can't even cast out the devils in their own home. And then, but then you see people, these are the religious people now. They go to church and sit up in that pool pit and look all important and dignified. And there's a lot Of us going through this. I'm not just downcasting on somebody else. I went through some stuff too. And it makes you wonder. Something to have you questioning yourself. We got to get right church. We have to get right. I heard. Who was it? Joyce Meyer or something said people are trying to. I think it was her. It was years ago. She said people are trying to cast out devils. And can't even wash their own dishes at home. You know. know? Oh my goodness, faithless. Having faith in God means more than just saying that you have faith in God. Having faith in God is speaking it, telling other people about it, exercising it. You know, people can get on a treadmill and they can get on whatever that other thing is and they can do all these sit-ups and knee bends and everything. And they can do all that physical stuff. But how much are you doing in the spirit? Are we exercising our faith? Are we exercising it in the spirit? 
You know, ha- watch this. Having faith is, it, you, you could start out with the smallest thing. Okay, let's say you applied for something. A loan or, you know, something financial or, you know, um, let's say you applied for something. It's going to take a minute for it to come in. You know, you're going to wait a few weeks. Do you have faith that it's going to come in for you because God gave you that gift? Or are you saying, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't know. Maybe they'll say no. What are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? What are we speaking, folks? I'm talking to myself here, and it hurts. And it's true. What are we speaking? God says you're beautiful. What do you say you are? God said, the, the word says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why do are we wanting? Are you speaking that loan into your life? So that one day you get up, Run downstairs, put on some coffee. You say, after you say your prayers and everything, you get cleaned up upstairs. Come down, put on some coffee and stuff and sit down. And, and then you, you get go get your mail and find out that that loan came through and the check is in the mail. The check is in the envelope smiling at you. Did you know that you know that you, did you know that you know that you know that that check was going to be in the mail one day soon? How's your faith? When your child is on drugs or alcohol or making wrong decisions in their life, how's your faith? Do you have faith that that child is going to get out of the pigsty and come back home? Or are you just saying, well, you know, they always were strange. Even when they was a little kid, they were strange. I should have knew this was going to happen. How's your faith? How did the man act whenever his son came home? He had a party for him. He threw a party for him. Amen. And, and Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, You'll say unto this mountain, remove. In other words, he's saying you could speak to a mountain. Speak to, speak to, speak to. Remember that. Your words are important. You can speak to a mountain and tell that mountain to move and the mountain will move. On a, on a grain of a faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. A mustard seed is teensy, weensy, small. If you have that much faith, you can move a mountain. And it says, you say unto this mountain, remove uh, hence from yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. What he's saying is, once you learn to do that, nothing else is going to be impossible to you. Start exercising, okay? Start exercising your faith. And every time you see something happen in a supernatural that is awesome and you know it's God, your faith gets stronger. And then the next day something else will happen. Your faith will get stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen. Speak to. Speaking of speaking to the mountain. I'm going to give you an example of why you should speak to things. 
I go around the house speaking all the time. I talk to the Lord all day long. He says, cease, uh, don't ever cease to, I mean, uh, yeah, don't cease uh, to pray. See, she not to pray. I pray. I talk to him all day long. You'd think I had company in here the way I talk, I talk to the Lord. I say, good morning, sunshine. God bless you for doing the Lord's will. He never messes up. We see him every morning, and he goes down every night. I thank the Lord for a new day. I thank the Lord for the food. I thank him before I eat and drink. I pray for people all day long online and stuff with my ministry and everything. And and, and I get contacted by a lot of people around the world, mainly Africa and India. It's been like that for years. Um, from other countries as well, you know, but it's mainly Africans and Indians. Man, they keep in contact with me, and it's so awesome. I've been talking to them since I've been online in 2006. You know, but watch this. I'm going to mention this story to you and see if you remember this. Tell me you think about this, okay? Do you all remember when Jesus was walking with his disciples? He was hungry. And what did he see? He saw a fig tree. And at the time of the year that he saw that fig tree, it should have had figs on it. He walked up to the fig tree. He was getting ready to feed himself. And guess what happened? What happened? There wasn't any figs on it. Right? There wasn't, and there should have been figs on it. This goes to show that there are things in our lives that are going to present themselves as being one thing, and they are not what they present themselves to be. Amen. Amen. We have to watch out for that. Matthew twenty-one nineteen. Oh, just a few chapters over. Matthew twenty-one nineteen. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to make the point that I wanted to make. And it says, "Let me see." And uh, it starts at verse uh, seventeen. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. He was hungry. And when he saw a fig tree in a way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. See, it had leaves on it, and when a fig tree has leaves, the fruit comes out before the leaves. I don't know if anybody knew if you knew this or not, but on a fig tree, the fruit comes out and then the leaves come out. So when Jesus saw that tree and he saw the leaves, he just knew there was some fruit on it. And it was like when, a, when we were younger, we used to always say, psych, whenever we psych somebody out or, or pretend something. And that was like one of those psych moments. And so what he did was he cursed it. You know, I, he, see, it was out of order. The tree was out of order, folks, right? And so Jesus, he was hungry, couldn't get any food off of it. And it wasn't acting up the way it was, it wasn't growing and doing what it was supposed to do, what God created to do. So it's just like making a toy in a factory. And if the toy comes out crooked or messed up somehow, or somebody might get hurt from it or something, they throw it away. They trash it, right? <laughs> so, you know, but notice, I want you to notice, we're talking about speaking, about words here, right? Notice it says, 
when he saw a, at verse 19, when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said unto it. He said unto it, which means what? The tree sent him a message. The tree spoke to him in a certain way. Okay. And he spoke back. He said unto it, why would Jesus talk to a tree unless he knew his words were creative? He knew that saying something would cause something to happen. He said unto that tree, when's the last time you said something unto your mountain? And watch this. And after he talked to the tree, tell me we don't have, tell me, nobody better not tell me that we don't need, we don't have to talk to things, to talk to our cars, talk to our homes, you know, talk to our food, talk, you talk to things, you are the creator, you own those things, right, tell it, tell things what you want them to do. That is the creative power of God. This is not bewitched baby cakes. This is not bewitched back in the 60s and 70s. This is real. This is real. And you know what? I'm tired of Christians trying to act like that. Oh, that sounds, that just sounds so crazy. Oh, she's crazy. I don't care if you think I'm crazy or not. I didn't ask anybody's opinion. I don't know how many of you done it, but I did it before. I got in my vehicle before and the vehicle didn't want to start. I thought that that vehicle would start right up. And he says, and presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled. Here we go again. They couldn't believe. Wow, they shouldn't believe. They've been with the man that long, right? They marveled saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? And they're telling Jesus, that was quick. (laughs) So, So in other words, Jesus is no joke. They told him that was quick. Most likely as soon as he said it, that that tree dried, withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, do not doubt. Ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Here we go with the mountain again, amen. Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. All I, you know, I don't know if I want to say this or not, but, you know, I believe that all these tsunamis and all this rain and everything that we've been having, and if you've been noticing that we're getting an ample, uh, too much of an overabundance of rain, and God spoke this to me a while ago. I've been trying to tell people this for years. When I even I had I made a YouTube video about uh, California, in fact, and uh, YouTube shut me down. But I did a I did a uh, I had about uh, three thousand videos on my YouTube channel, and one of the videos was about California. And you see what's happening in California. You know the these. You know what. 
we have, even here where I live at in Pittsburgh, we have people who are now upset because they're they're finding out that their insurance does not cover landslides. And what's happening is it's been raining so much that you've probably seen it in the news, not just in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but all over the United States. The land is sliding into the sea, into the waters. And how do we know? We don't know. Let's reach it down into the bottom of the what-if barrel. What if years ago some prophets, some really God-fearing prophets, spoke to my God these mountains here in the United States that, um, you know, our, our leaders are taking down the crosses off the churches. They're taking down the Ten Commandments. They're allowing homosexuality. They're calling right wrong and calling wrong right. And they're just craziness. They're sex trafficking and, and drugs and using little children and sexually marrying children and marrying dogs and pigs and cows. And how do we know? whether or not some prophets years ago spoke to these mountains and cast them into the sea. Repent. Isn't that what God says? Repent. How? And I, I don't care what anybody says. I know, and, and you listening that believe in the Lord, you know it's true too. Unless America repents, this mess will not stop. It will not. We're having floods in places no one's ever heard of having floods before. Just the other day here in Pittsburgh, a woman and her child, I think a couple of them, I think it was a woman and one child or two children, they all died in a car because they were trying to drive and it, it flooded out. All of a sudden, they couldn't get out the car and they found them dead in the car. And we have alligators. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's getting to the point now where here in eastern Pennsylvania, uh, western Pennsylvania, we have alligators running around Pittsburgh and bears running around Pittsburgh, things like that. Folks, I'm telling you, just like a uh, just like a pregnant woman, her water breaks before the before the child is born. The water is breaking, and the child is getting ready to come. Come back, my Jesus. My Jesus. The wa- I, Hey, look, honestly, I, well, let me see, this is July, I think around March, no, nah, around April. Around April, I planted my garden. I have a little garden in my front yard because I have a small front yard. It's real cute, both sides and the sidewalk going down the middle of it. So I used a half of the right side to make a little garden. You know, I got some zucchini, tomatoes, and, and uh, what else is it, a blackberry bush out there. And I'm, um, I kid you not, I have watered that garden. This is July, the middle of July. Today, what? This is middle of July. And I, 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 I seeded that garden. I planted it in April, beginning of April. And I watered it personally by myself approximately two times. Think about that, two times. April to July, God watered my garden. 
My tomatoes are growing like crazy. My zucchini, the zucchini, pretty orangish yellow zucchini flowers are coming out. That garden's growing like crazy, and I didn't, I didn't, I barely lifted a finger. April through July, I watered my my garden two times, and didn't even have to. I used a planter, a little one of them pink planter things that you water your plants with. I didn't even have to hook up the hose. It's been watering and raining so much. God's been ta- He's been watering my garden for me. I'm frying green tomatoes like crazy. <laughs> Amen. And then some red ones out there. Now then too, I see some red ones out there, and they're good. They're really, really good. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. We're seeing the signs that He's coming back. Uh, they well, they want to call it Mother Earth. Okay, so you know the Earth, <laughs> right? The Earth, her water is breaking right now. And we're in the middle of it. And he's coming back. He's coming back. The fire, okay, that I I believe Peter speaks of, okay, the the elements are supposed to burn up and everything, that's Peter. But then mainly spiritually speaking, the fire of the Holy Ghost is hitting the children and the grandsons and the grand, I mean the, the children and the grandparents and the fathers and mothers and stuff. The fire of the Holy Ghost. You hear more and more miracles day by day. People, I've just seen today where I believe it was Sid Roth or somebody where people, God's giving them gold teeth and replacing the ones that they're missing. This woman woke up this morning. Well, one morning. She woke up one morning and started brushing her teeth. And she noticed that the brush was, she felt sensation in the backs, backs of her mouth. And God filled her mouth with gold teeth, beautiful gold teeth. She took a picture with her camera. And you could tell it wasn't really a great picture. That's how you eh, kind of, I want to say it was real. I mean, you know, it wasn't a great picture, but you could see her mouth. And she had gold teeth. She woke up in the morning, had gold teeth. Miracles. Speaking. See, see, so start speaking. Watch what you're speaking out. Watch what you're saying. Amen. You have the power of God in you. And just like Deuteronomy 28, God says, you do right, you live right, you'll get good. You do wrong, you live bad, you get bad. You speak it out. Which side of Deuteronomy 28 are you on? Which, which side are you speaking in your life and to other people? And then the last verse, 21. Matthew 17, 21. And then he says... And then I'll end it. He says, "Howbeit this kind goes out not uh, goes not out, but by prayer and fasting." And right here, he's blowing the lid off of his boys. He's blowing the lid off of the disciples. He's letting them know that if y'all have been pra- if you guys were practicing what you watched me do, what you saw me do, what I've told you to do, what I've I've, I've told you to do. That what I've taught you to do, you wouldn't have had this problem. You're sitting around the table, frying all that chicken, eating all that food, eating all them sandwiches, okay, right, right, and they or they're feeding their flesh instead of feeding their spirit. How can and it's going on today? How can we walk with Jesus? And be powerless. It all depends. Here's 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 the here's the uh, the catch. 
How close is your relationship with the Lord? Do you go to church on Sunday and do whatever you want Monday through Saturday until Sunday comes again? Do you only pray on Sunday when a preacher says, let us stand? Or do you, you know what, people better stop making fun of them. What do they call them? Because I'm one of them, I guess, if they want to be that uh, sensitive about it. What what uh, what they call them, the old bag ladies or old ladies or whatever. I forget what they call them, old ladies that live by herself or whatever. (laughs) Not that I'm old, working on it, but I'm not there yet. But those ladies, I believe a lot of them, I've known a lot of them, and they talked to God all day long. They wasn't talking to their self. They were not talking. I knew. In fact, I I, I grew up um, with a, a a few of them as my mentors in in the in the in the, uh, in the church. I grew up with a few of those ladies, those old ladies. They were mentors. They mentored me in the church, and they lived by themselves. I even had one that went to Seventh of Seventh Day Adventist Church, and she would come to our church on Sunday and listen to me preach in the pulpit. She, she she went to church on Saturday and came down ours on Sunday. Miss Florence uh, Blackwell, her name was, I believe. God bless her. Yes, she did. You can ask anybody. I love Miss Florence. See, I had older ladies in my life that I learned from and taught me. And Virginia Henderson in Cannonsburg. And people, you know, said, oh, somebody, you run into somebody always had something smart to say. Them women were not talking to themselves. They loved the Lord. Talk. Miss Florence and Miss Virginia, they were handmaidens of the Lord. Loved him. You walk by their place and sound like they had company. And Miss Florence played the, played the piano, and Miss Virginia was a preaching woman. She she became a um, pa- a pastor, and the one church that she was in, the pa- it was kind of church they didn't believe in female pastors, so they kicked her out the pulpit. So she finished her ministry at home. You know, it's not about everybody's bull rushing the pulpit. It's not about the pulpit. It's about who you're telling about Jesus Christ. Are you are you so busy trying to take up for the title that you're neglecting the commission of the kingdom? Amen. And here I am, one of I'm on my own. I've been on my own. Let me see. I've been on my own since. Well, I haven't had a relationship since 1997. And this is 2019. I've been talking to God and having a goody old time. (laughs) As my cousin Hazel used to say all the time. I've been having a goody old time. I talk to the Lord. If somebody's listening, I feel this way. If somebody's listening, they might get saved. (laughs) Right? Don't shame me. Don't shame me whatsoever. If somebody's listening, that means they heard something that was good. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, you know, it all depends on what your power Depends on your relationship with Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, you know, um, and that the more you talk to him and the more you listen. It's not just about talking, as I say, flapping our gums. We have to listen. He speaks. Look, I have a feeling this came up again, so I know he wants me to tell somebody this. I believe somebody wants to know this, um, but God speaks in different ways. I have asked him a question, and I actually had him answer me in various ways, such as, give examples. I'd be on Facebook, and the answer would be, somebody would say it, or type it, on Facebook. And watch this, truth. I have been watching TV, 
And that thing that I asked him about, the answer came to me over the television. I don't know how many of you have done this before, but have you ever been typing or something, type, you know, sitting at your computer, de- your computer desk or whatever, typing, and the same word that you're typing comes up over the TV screen or the radio comes on the radio. I've had strange coincidences. Well, we couldn't call it coincidence, but the God speaks. He lets you. It's confirmation. He's letting you know. You can ask God. Um, let me see. You can ask God something like. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think of an example. You could ask God something like, um, uh, Lord, should I sign, should I co-sign this loan for my, my son? Okay. And he could answer you. You got to keep your eyes and your ears open. He could answer you in a way. And there could be something that comes on the radio. Okay. Preacher preaching on a Sunday saying, you know, the Bible says, watch out about, you know, um, signing loans for people. Be careful who you, you know, it's not a good thing to, you know, that's your answer. That's God telling you no, <laughs> you know. Or they could say something like, it's better to give than to receive, you know. So you just got to learn to hear him. You have to, when you strengthen your relationship with the Lord, you begin to know him. You know what it sounds like. You know what his answer is. You know whether or not that's him talking to you or not. Amen. Amen. You got to, stre- let's strengthen our relationship with the Lord, fast and pray, stop feeding our flesh so much. We have illnesses, sicknesses, and disease nowadays because people are sitting around eating too much instead of praying. They're eating more than they're praying. Amen. This world is going through torture right now. And how are Christians supposed to help when instead of praying, they are gorging on food. How can you help the earth if you're busy eating it? <laughs> I guess I guess they say, hey, how can you help the earth if you're busy eating it? Just like a fly. What is it? Uh, there's, there's certain animals and insects. They eat their own. They have babies and eat them. Is that what we've become? Amen. Amen. So, are you saved? Are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? And if you haven't, I hope you repeat after me. Because this is all you need to do, Romans 10, 9. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I believe you died on a cross just for me. And rose back up again just for me. I want to see these miracles I want to be strong like you. Teach me, Jesus. Thank you. I love you. And amen. Amen. And if you said that, God bless you. Welcome to the body of Christ. Go find a Bible-believing church that teaches the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And get your own Bible and start studying. If you don't understand King James language, there's other Bibles you can get. Okay, just be careful because there's some, you got to maybe look it up or do some research, but there are some writers, some Bible companies that have left out, completely left out, uh, some left out scriptures, and I've heard there's others that left out chapters. So be careful what you use, okay? (laughs) King James or New King James, so be careful what you use. 
God bless you. And thank you for listening. And always remember to God, not us, not to us be the glory. To God be the glory for the things that he has done. Amen. God is good. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Give you his grace and his peace always. And may you uh, share it with other people. Reverend Essie signing off. Thanks for listening. Amen.